over an extended period of time, and in such a way that the poison has had time to accumulate in your body. In one way or another, you've become used to it. In my gut, it feels as though I'm falling, as though something inside me tears free and hurtles down into the cold abyss beneath. The sensation lasts a few seconds. Then it stops. I'm sitting on a chair opposite the doctor. It's a Tuesday morning, and I'll soon be on my way to work. I've read stories of how people act with great clarity in a fire, or of how they don't panic after they've been shot, though they're bleeding profusely. I sit there and look the doctor in the eyes. I could be waiting for the bus. You mentioned you work with mushrooms, the doctor says eventually. But the Matsutake isn't poisonous, I answer, and the harvest is just around the corner. The Matsutake? I don't know where to start. I decide to tell the short version. Back in Helsinki, my wife worked in institutional catering, and I was a sales officer. Three and a half years ago, the recession hit both our workplaces, and we were made redundant at around the same time. Meanwhile, Harmina, like dozens of similar small Finnish towns, was desperately looking for new commercial activity to replace the empty harbour and recently decommissioned paper factory. We had a series of quick negotiations, secured a generous start-up grant, acquired premises that cost next to nothing, and staff who were well acquainted with the local woods and terrain. We sold our one-bedroom apartment in suburban Helsinki, and, for the same money, bought a detached house in Harmina and a small fiberglass boat that we could tether to the jetty a mere seventy metres from our post box. Our business idea was simple. The Matsutake. The pine mushroom. The Japanese were crazy about it, and Finnish forests were full of it. The Japanese would pay up to a thousand euros per kilo of mushrooms in the early sprouting phase, to the north and east of Harmina, there were forests where picking pine mushrooms was as easy as plucking them from a plate in front of you. In Harmina, we had treatment facilities, a dryer, a packing area, chilled spaces, and employees. During the harvest season, we sent a shipment to Tokyo once a week. I have to catch my breath. The doctor seems to be thinking about something. What about your lifestyle, otherwise? My lifestyle? Your diet, how much you exercise, that sort of thing. I tell him I eat well and with a good, hearty appetite. I haven't once cooked for myself since I met Dinah, and that was over seven years ago. And Dinah's meals aren't the kind in which a teaspoon of celery puree stares dejectedly across the plate at a solitary sprig of wheatgrass. Dinah's basic ingredients are cream, salt, butter, cheeses, and plenty of pork. I like Dinah's food. Always have done. And it shows around my waistline. I weigh 24 kilos more than when we first met. Dinah hasn't gained weight. It might be because she's bigger boned than I am, and has always looked like a weightlifter in peak physical condition 
ready for a competition. I mean that in the nicest possible way. Her thighs are solid, round, and strong. Her shoulders are broad, and her arms powerful without being masculine. Her stomach is flat. Whenever I see pictures of female bodybuilders who are not ripped and grotesque, I think of Dinah. Besides, she exercises too. She goes to the gym, takes aerobics classes, and ever since we moved here, she goes rowing out at sea. Sometimes I try to keep up with her, though that too is becoming a rare occurrence. I don't know why I'm speaking so quickly, so effusively, why I have to talk about Tyner in such detail. The next thing we know, I'll be giving the doctor her measurements down to the nearest centimetre. Then, as it seems the doctor isn't focusing...